0: Just
1: yo.
2: Oh. Yo, 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 how are you? Oh, man, the good, what's
1: bro, what's good, bro? man.
0: Peace, what's up, OC? What's up, we want to Peace. welcome what's you to the podcast,
2: cool. man. It's what's great good? to have you. Hey, yo. things
3: good. I'm, I'm glad to be here.
2: Thank you, thank you. So, yo, let's get right into it, man. Who and what
3: inspired mm-hmm.
2: you into music?
3: Wow. You want the long version or the short version? How much time we got? <laughs> well,
2: yo, it's, your story,
3: bro. it's up to you. Nah. It's up to you, yeah. Nah, basically, um, my mom's, you know, my mom's was a singer. So, um, I guess from her belly till I was born and, you know, um, being around the house, you know, listening to music, listening to records, um, right. going to the studio a few times with her. I can recall. I don't I don't remember no solid studio sessions, but um right. I remember going to the studio with it. And uh plus I grew up as a as a kid in, in um in Bushwick, So I seen block parties and right. I've seen the disco twins bring out equipment and best style and stuff like that. You know, I was I was there. You know what I'm right. saying? Like from a kid. Okay. Yeah, that's what made me get into it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yo, I, I recently seen you do a, a, a NPR set on National Public Radio. Talk right. about that you did there. That was a dope set y'all did, man, which is what you hit.
3: Oh, man, um, I didn't know about NPR until, until March put me onto it. Right. You know, I was really, honestly, I was really oblivious, oblivious to it. And people's like, yo, it's a big, like, that's a big format. Like, you ain't know about NPR. And I was like, nah, but anyway. Um, yeah, you know, that's only, that's invite only, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't ask to be on there. And I was, I was, I was humbled again. I was humbled because the, the the young lady who invited me on, she worked my third album. So, you know, you hear horror stories about people working for artists or working at labels and artists being assholes to them and stuff like that. So fast forward, I just asked her. Her name is Abby. I was like, was I ever an asshole to you? She was like, never. That's why you on this (laughs) this show right now. (laughs) She was one of my favorite, and that's why you on NPR. You know, and it's invite only, and nobody can't ask to be on there. So I was honored to be on there. Yo, son, your lyrics is timeless, man. And
1: one of my favorites is Time's Up. And what I like about Time's Up and about that type of hip hop is that. The samples people use for a song, and that sample you right. times limited, to no hot, hard rocks, too. Yo, that had me gassed. I felt like if any bully fuck with me, I'll fuck somebody up. I hear that song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and, and on top of that, mm-hmm. was Hook, rappers are in danger. That was a
3: dope right. song,
1: but that yeah. song was that song originally for Pharaoh,
3: yeah that was that was a uh this guy press well this producer named prestige he did um a joint called point views on my first album but right. he was a pharaoh's i hope he don't get mad at this this guy was back then but right, he was right. a pharaoh stand i mean <laughs> it was nothing pharaoh did that he didn't like so um he brought the a tape over with that sentence right and and gave it to March and it was basically like i put my hand out he went past me and went to Monch. So i was like damn this must be no, hot shit. i heard the joint and i was like oh shit like <laughs> it is hot <laughs> right it's, it's it's different so i waited a few weeks like a like a, a a peasant in the in the background you know i wasn't on yet and i was like yo um what you gonna do with that beat now he like Two weeks later, he like, what beat? I was like, the name they gave you? He like, nigga, when? I was like, two weeks ago. He was like, which one? I don't know. I said, that's it right there. That's the name on top of the CD. I've been right. peeping shit for two weeks in your crib. That's it. He was like, he started laughing. He was like, put it on. He's like, I don't know. I might mess with it. Another <laughs> month passed. I just went to the crib one day He like yo I'm gonna go shave I was just like Crazy Cause yo, niggas get much beats all day every day like They was just (laughs) like past me like nobody I was just like yo he he get a million beats so anyway You know that ended up uh, being my song but I asked Buck what the sample was when I got a deal a year later and right. um, he knew what the sample was, and we hooked it up, and
0: it yeah, is so what it is. Timeless, made history, right?
3: Timeless.
0: bro Gro- Growing up, who was some of your musical influence? Whether R and B and hip hop.
3: Do we have more time than less
0: uh, time? time what? Take your time. Take your much time. Much time, much, much time. You need, brother.
3: R and B, man. Like I mean, all of, all the. 70s catalog i've listened to literally with my parents like yeah i know like sitting around your pops your moms got friends family over card games going beer on the table kids running around and somebody got to change the records that's right Mm -hmm. that was me you know what i'm saying sometimes so um or just being in the house yo as a kid i was inquisitive so i would um sit in front of the 45s and just look at the names if i wasn't familiar with it i played, so i learned a lot of uh, uh names and who produced what you know just looking mm-hmm. at the 45s even the even the 33 lp joints too you know that's yeah, how everything right. was was flowing for me and it's
1: funny it's funny saying you asked them r&b because when you listen to his cadence it's so rhythmic, all his right. rhythmic, like, just, mm. but
3: he's actually talking it out, like, so yeah. the first exactly, yo, right. Real quick, it's a secret to a lot of dudes. Biggie was so incredible because his Caribbean uh mm-hmm. cadence, mm-hmm. that Caribbean kid, yeah. yo, I, I done bit, chopped screwed listen to caribbean music jamaican music all my life yeah. as well so yeah. a lot of stuff taught me how to how to you know be ridden yeah right. so the first
2: mm-hmm. track, I, the first track i heard you on was fudge pudge by organized confusion where'd the connection come from with you and organized confusion and how'd you end up hooking up with mc search and signing a wild pitch
3: well um you know when i when I moved to Queens, Southside Jamaica, Queens from um, Bushwick when I was a kid, I moved on a on on a block that was uh, occupied by Farrell, a few other people. You know what I'm saying? He was a few years older than me, but, um, you know, we clicked up. You know, we used to play ball together, play baseball, basketball. And, um, fast forward, man, like, he introduced me to Paul, he and Paul went to high school together. And um, I don't even remember the day I said, yo, I'm going to hang out with y'all. We just we clicked ever since I moved to Queens. You know what I'm saying? And it was probably a year or two after that. You know, we started playing together. Then things, you know, as we became uh, uh, older teenagers, we started talking about the music. They was in high school already. I was like a couple of grades below them. And um, like I said, he introduced me to Prince. Now fast forward, you know, um the whole organized thing and meeting people and meeting Lord of Ness and meeting Buck and those guys in MC Search was from being on the very first tour. I went on the very first tour with Faro and Prince. And right. that's how everything just just snowballed from there. Right. Let
2: me ask MC Search was working with you and Nas at one point. Does MC Search have just that good of an ear, or is he just happened to be a person who was in the right place at the right time?
3: Now Search has an ear. You know what I'm saying? Contrary to what people think about that white boy shit, you know, um, I think the average white white band had hit records, black people's institute back in the day. So namely it was white. Yeah. But search is um, she search from far Rockaway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He grew yeah. up around niggas <laughs> all his life, so you know, yeah, he got it in. An yeah, yeah.
2: You know, and there, there was a rumor that Nas was supposed to be on Word Life, but didn't never made it to the session. That's true.
3: Yeah, that's definitely true.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dude, that's
3: crazy, man.
1: And then, in that same tour, you said you met, you, you ran into Finesse and Buck.
3: Your, your first album was done with right. Buck. The whole entire album. Um, Buck, my man, OG, he's down with the ITC, of course. Right. Um, Prince, March, and Search. That was the, and Lord Finesse. That was the, you know, uh, producers for that first album. Nobody wanted to fuck with me on the first album. Besides, you know, outside of them,
1: but mm. I know the God A fuck with you, AG son, and I love the the joint you did. Um, the Supreme Oasis, I believe it is. No Oasis, yeah. a fact. Oasis. How was it working with A? A is my big brother, so you know he's the reason why I even read books to this day, man. He's crazy. He just he have you going somewhere when you get in a conversation with him. So how was it working with him on Oasis?
3: Hey's a genius, man. Like literally, like do I's somewhere else. And I, I don't say that sh- like on some bullshit. Like he's really a genius. You know. Yes sir. AG's a genius, for real, for real. Like this shit that I used to get upset with <laughs> cause I, I was saying the wrong information and he had the right information. We used to argue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude knows his shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that album was dope, man. But, um, uh, Squad, Two for the Money. That was classic hip hop. Yeah. I just love the boom bap and that, and y'all going back and forth with for that. God bless y'all for making that album. Real.
3: Nah, that's that's like um, that's something that I think me and Abe been wanting to do, and and you know we did that song called Weeding Drinks on my third album Bone Appetit. And mm-hmm. I mean we we crew members, so we already know we got chemistry, but when we did right. We Drinks on on that album, it was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like right. we we got something, but then we waited like 10, 15 years to do Oasis. <laughs> you know, yeah. so but we got it done, that's all that counts.
1: Yo, it takes time for Gracious to merge, man. And you also did a great project with um with Ray West and Ray's Cafe. That right there, I can right. listen to in the morning. <laughs> Smoke a spliff and listen to that whole shit in the morning.
3: Yeah. Nah, that's mood music right there. Like, yes, I try to explain to people that's mood music. You just can't, if you ain't a, a music enthusiast, you, you shouldn't be listening to that.
1: Yes, son. And I was learning on that. So he said Malakuti? What the fuck a Malakuti? Like, <laughs>
2: Busted, <laughs> Rest in peace to Big L. What, what did Big L mean to DITC? We know what he meant to hip hop. What did Big L mean to DITC?
3: Um, Big L was a a vital piece of DITC. I think we would have had a gold record had he been alive because he just had something like, dude. Like, how can I explain it? He just had something different maybe because he was a few years younger than us like progression was so um it was ill from lifestyles of the poor and dangerous to ebonics if you listen to those two projects it's night and day like he found his pocket on ebonics but if you listen to um lifestyles of the poor and dangerous it was a so to speak I could round my ass off album. But dude was gonna be a star. You know, that was his thing. He was looking for stardom. And I think I gotta, this is the last time I'm gonna say this, but you know, I, I tell people, y'all probably wouldn't like him 20 years later because he was looking for what Jay-Z um, and all those guys who's on a different plateau, he was looking for that. He was exactly. looking for what Joe has right now. Like, he was looking for that, so. I don't know, you know, if a lot of y'all would have rocked with him behind that shit because I'm so used to him being, you know, this bad rap spit, mm-hmm. you know. But he was looking for spotter.
2: Yeah, I remember the first time I heard um, Big Al was on. I think that yes, you may remix Law finesse. The first time mm-hmm. I heard it, I was like, yo, this dude crazy. Then I with him on stretching Barbito. And he had the devil's son joint and everything that he was putting out. You, mm-hmm. knew, you knew like we knew that this dude is he got lyrics and this dude is gonna be a star. I agree with you. His first album, it was just him just spitting going crazy. But you know, he did evolve rapper. Yeah. And it's a shame that he's still not alive because I do think that he had the potential to be where they're at. Yes, sir. at the
3: time, he uh, yeah.
2: was Jay on
1: that Barbito. He was he was rocking better than Jay on that on that joint. So it was hot.
3: I nah, no, people don't, don't realize they battled on L's block. Mm. Him and Jay battled. Wow. You, you know, you have to get the, the the specifics from Dane. But they battled and it was, you know, even. Like, they had to stop. Niggas had to be like nobody, nobody going home. They kept, from what I understand, they, they was going at each other. You know, that's how they, be, they became friends and, and respected each other. Cause I don't know what niggas thought, but L would battle in a heartbeat, and he had rounds for days. Like he memorized every book probably in his crib, and I haven't been in his crib, but I've seen books. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He probably memorized every round he ever wrote. That's
0: Dang. that's that's not normal. Yeah. yeah,
2: Zane.
0: Can you tell us the? Uh when you when you did your first album word life uh i believe you did not have any features on that now was that something that the that that you wanted to do or that was something that the label uh i guess you know pressured you to do it was something
3: i wanted to do I, i was a little little bitter man at a lot of my peers early on because i felt like um Niggas felt like I had more to prove something like, oh I didn't deserve to have a record deal. And you know, I'm 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 cool with quite a few people today, but you know, few producers, like I said, would not they didn't believe they didn't believe in OC. Like they didn't believe in what I was, what I was capable of, and you know, um I yo, know, I told Planet Asia this one day and I think he misunderstood me. Out i to told pa gun. that um yeah i told him that the record the record industry made a lot of niggas envy nas when we was all coming up because of the attention that he got you know it was a, a lot of other dope artists but we all know that the industry picks and chooses who the right. golden childs are gonna be mm-hmm. it's just how it is and I I said it to P8 and I said Envy but I don't I don't I think he misunderstood me I know he's an intelligent dude but I know the the phone got quiet for a second like Envy like that you know that can sound like jealousy or some shit but it wasn't it was just the the the, the, uh from what I seen early on the music business basically picked and chose who they fight was gonna go and that's just how it was yeah you know what I'm saying, and um, I gotta respect Jay because he fought through all that shit. Yo, he worked harder than all of us. Jay worked harder than all of us. That's why he's with where he's at. And um, I've seen it, and I've seen other guys work just as hard as me, and I know why they are where they are. You know what I'm saying?
2: Why is it that, why is it though that the entertainment industry is like that? Because I think about like even for, you know, when you start talking about comedians in Hollywood, it always seems like it only could be one big comedian at a time that's popping. You know, you'll have like other people, they'll have their little light, but right now, like Kevin Hart is the go to dude. But you have all these other people that are just as good or just as brilliant as artists, but for some reason we box people in and be like, they can only be one
3: yeah nah that's just i was just about to say that hollywood is hollywood basically runs everything all the way down to the to the music industry you know what i'm saying and i say all that to say um most shit go into hollywood movies like music and soundtracks and stuff like that and and um background music so hollywood is the pulse to everything you know what i'm saying but i know being specifically in the music industry the music part of of the the entertainment um they pick and choose who their golden child's gonna be
2: yeah when you made constable did you think that 26 26 years later we would still be having this same conversation hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) i knew you would say that (laughs)
3: y'all know you already know man (laughs) hell yeah like this shit ain't going to wait it's not yo honestly you know you try not to uh, make people feel like it's never going to end but this shit might take a turn for the worse, man and I'm not saying because I wanted to like this is something different this is something different than the 60's this is something different, man. This is something different. Uh uh a, a economy downturn, some racially fueled shit and a pandemic all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. A trifecta like that, man, is a is a recipe for disaster. And people think we got past the worst of it. And I'm just like, I'm an optimist, man, and, you know, and a realist. I'm like, now nah, we, this shit is just getting started. Y'all better start. Keep storing your waters and, and I don't care if you got two hundred cases of water. This shit might not still be enough.
2: Mhm. Yeah. For those that's in the chat, also, if you got a comment for OC, put your put your um your comment or your question in the chat, and we'll ask it for you. Yeah, Rob.
1: And I'm glad. I'm glad we, we brought up a, an issue such as what, what's going on in the world. What's your what's your stance? How you feel about mental health? how can it improve us as black men and learn how to let go of shit?
3: First of all, we all need therapy. We all need therapy. That's where the reparations coming at, man. Mm-hmm. That's where the reparations coming at. Yo, they fucked this up. And can I curse It's school?
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. come on, yo.
3: Yo, they fucked this up, man. Like. Post-traumatic stress disorder without going to war, you know, on on a battlefield, like in an actual war zone. And we got post-traumatic stress disorder, you know what I'm saying? And some kids ain't never leave their home and have that shit. Black kids, kids yeah. of color. You think about how deep-rooted that shit is. Yeah. That shit is deep, about- man.
2: Yeah, we talk about it a lot on this podcast about how everything that's going on is systemic and you know, now there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about Black Lives Matter, but I don't know if the action is actually matching up to the to the talk. So, you know, you mentioned one thing in, in terms of the um, therapy is reparations. Is there something else that we, you know, that we need at this point in time? But or, or, or that we should take at this point in time?
3: At this point in time It's fight or die And I don't even know what that means to a degree Because when you facing death It's a whole different ball game Right You know what I'm saying Like so We shouldn't have to uh, Yeah, we built this country How about that shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We built That's this right. country man And You know, we still treat it, like Con said, it's over 600 years, not 400 years. Like, they left out 200 years on purpose, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's a lot of shit like that, that I'm looking up now, and I'm like, damn, like, oh shit, like, this was, this way back, yo, just a lot of shit that's really, like, blowing my mind, and I'm just like, well, I'm actually not surprised, man, like, we the most... Um, look that enemy on the face of the earth, man. Black and, men, that's crazy to me.
1: And we're the most resilient too. And I and I say this on the show all the time, man. We need to leave these motherfuckers alone and take care of ourselves. That's it. Hey, mind our business. That's all we gotta do, man. And that's how I feel about that.
3: That. That's that. And basically, everybody who. Uh, you know who are our color ain't our brothers, you know what I'm saying? And that shit needs to, those those ops need to be eliminated as well. If you ain't on board, fuck out the way, you know what I'm saying? It's We had a stage in the game, man, where it's fight or flight. And I'm not, where we running to? And we going back to Africa? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You to square up right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: But that's, you know, like I said, that's, that's, hard, that's a hard pill to swallow to stand in front of a, a tank and machine guns and missiles and shit and say, I'm ready to die. Like, you know, I'm not no Superman, but yo, this is the choices and circumstances they gave us, man, at this point. Like, what are we gonna do? Right,
0: yeah.
2: So a question from the chat, it says, do you think enough people in the industry are helping with the cause or are they worried about their brand?
3: Um some were definitely worried about their brand. But uh like I said, man, we don't we don't run this shit. I mean we, we definitely supply the dope, you know, meaning the music mm-hmm. and the movies and the actors and the writers and the and the and the cameramen and all facets of this shit. But they still will give us a piece, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. I here? take
3: that shit at this point. <laughs>
1: right, right. Like, joke okay. that. Give me my shit, yo. Right. Let me ask you, um, <laughs> you, you, you guys, you know, the unfortunate loss of L, but talk about the impact of Party Artie, too. He was a member of the Digging the Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think Artie was, um, you have to uh, get this information directly from, finesse, but, uh, I think P.A. was going over the G unit, oh, wow. you know what that I'm saying, awesome. yeah, he was in talks with Fit, Fit, he was feeling him, you know, and, uh,
1: too. like I said, I
3: believe Ness has something, to, uh, do with that or, or, or was involved with the talks about that, but, yeah, yo, he was another, to me, he was a star. PA was a star.
1: Yeah. You
3: know, he just had that, to me, had that method man out the crew. Yeah, yeah Like, he reminded me of, he had that star power in Diggie. You know what, what I'm saying? He could have carried the whole crew.
1: Yeah, I remember a story with him and A, and I don't know what I was doing with these guys. Like, yo, master, you can write, pick up a pen. You can write. I'm like, I can't write. Y'all niggas is writing too much shit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Nah, the, the guy, <laughs> I remember. I remember 80 man was a humble dude, man. He talk to anybody off the street, real, real classy guy. Yeah,
2: he gave he gave Murder Mook. I don't care what nobody said. He gave Murder Mook that work in that smack battle too. Yeah, yeah, Zane.
3: Nah, he, right. He definitely did. He definitely did. Right. He did. But that's why Mook is the gladi gladiator that he is. Right I was now. just talking about Mook the other day. Right. I said, yo, he's the uh, epitome of what L is, or what L was, on some battle shit.
2: Yeah, I and can see
3: that. What you see in Mook, I'm not saying Mook is L. I'm just saying it's something All in right. the building in Harlem or something.
2: Yeah. But,
3: you know, Man. Mook got something that I've seen in L and that's why he's extraordinary when it comes to how he, you know, he, he puts his shit
0: together. That's right. Can you tell us about the art of freestyling? I know it's 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 very cliche nowadays, where an artist can get on the radio or an artist can be out at at a venue and they on stage and they saying a freestyle, but then you hearing stuff from like you know eons ago. Can you can 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 you can you tell me like uh, who were who were some of the people that you considered to be? True, true artist that could freestyle off the
3: dome.
0: I know the answer. Oh
3: <laughs> man, uh, me personally, I I ain't know too many people. Like, um, the only person I knew true to doing a freestyle was Eminem, and I've seen it for myself. Like, I seen him get busy in New York before he blew. Like, and um you know look first of all let me explain something i mean y'all know this already but i never freestyle anything that i said was written so we used to call them written mm-hmm, right. so if they pop up on my album <laughs> you like this nigga ain't, that ain't no freestyle this nigga was front and that shit is on number seven like and we've seen this time and time again you know what i'm saying like um and freestyle is something you do freely off your head whatever comes to your mind whatever you think about you know whatever you look at with a person or whatever's in front of you that's freestyling just grab it from the sky you know but um me i just never really eminem was probably the closest thing i seen to freestyling at his at his purest form up close and time's up was used in
2: eight mile right and Right, and what's that? No, no, I said Time's Up was used in in the movie 8 Mile, right?
3: Definitely, that was one of his favorite. Well, out of a lot of hip-hop records, that was one of his favorite records, and that's why I used it. But the dude did freestyle so well. Maybe to this day, you might beg to differ that shit was written or not, because, M and is a problem with that shit. Like, I've never seen that shit done like that.
2: Yeah. So, what what led to you? I in don't fashion? put him in a in a
3: in a, in a top. I, I give him a top ten, but the freestyle shit, yeah, he had
0: that on Smash. Nice. Yeah, Zay. no i was i, I was saying I, I know i know we talked about the times up uh single that you had on your first album but that 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 song is like something that a rapper that a rapper could use that song to battle the whole industry whether old school to new school because that song was just pulling everybody's it was pulling a lot of people's cards so i i, I believe that song right there was like a pinnacle in hip-hop it was it was definitely like ahead of its time. I mean, I know, I know you know it's, it's, it's dope, but from the from the outside looking in, for you to put that out back in nine, mm-hmm. back in what ninety mm-hmm. yeah. four, that's crazy, bro.
3: Yeah. Still rocks to this day. Yeah, but yeah. think, think about what was coming out in ninety four, like or in early nineties, man. Like, you had a lot of incredible artists. You had mm-hmm. Boo, mm-hmm. you had Redman you had laws of the Underground, you had Naughty by Nature, you had <laughs> Cypress Hills, you had Exhibit, you had Funk Doobies, you had Snoop and Dr. Dre, you had The Dog, yo, the list goes on and on. So, to me, just personally for me, I believe everybody listened to each other's music, and was like, oh shit, that biggie shit is crazy. I'm going back to the drawing board, and I'm gonna make some shit to bust his ass. Like, I, it was that kind of competition, but it was it was respectable competition. It was needed. Man, yeah, it was needed. It was so, dope. what what led? Definitely let's you, was needed.
2: What led to you leaving um, Wild Pitch for um, to go to Payday for your second album? And on your second album, was MC Search involved with that as well?
3: Uh, I mean, it, it was just. My time was up at at Wild Pitch, man, and no pun intended, you know, they just, they did what they could, um, I believe for me, like, you know, them signing to a distributor like Virgin, they could have did better, but, you know, I was under Wild Pitch, which was, you know, subsidiary, so, you know. I wasn't. I wasn't top priority, but I think, um, shout out to my man uh, Speech from the development. I mean, I think their second album came out after they won like a couple Grammys on the first album, but to and all that. I think times a uh, word life did better than their album. Oh, we lost them.
2: We lost OC. Hopefully, it'll pop back on. But make sure you like, comment, hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. All right, there you go. It's back. Competition OG Dash says, Competition kill true freestyle. You had to be practiced and super nice. Yeah. All right, we got you back. Can you hear us?
3: You. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We.
3: Yeah. yeah you can hear me yeah
2: we can hear you. we can hear you yeah
3: i, I yeah. Had a question so basically like
1: yeah, right yeah right. yeah finish off finish off
3: Nah, i just said basically you know um i was doing numbers without really no promotion like i had two videos and me that's it wow wow that's that's real good.
1: man Working in the stable, like the camp that you come from, you got show, Ness, Diamond, Buck. Who do you like working with the motion wise?
3: Um definitely me and Buck had chemistry, of course. But uh Yo, these last two years, <laughs> see I was used to people producing me. So that's what I was I was spoiled with, with Buck and i got back to that when me and show put out same moon same sun and new dawn i just let showbiz pick everything he just gave me music and yeah he just gave me the music i told him yo just give me the music give me what you want me to be on Mm -hmm. so everything you're hearing he picked you know what i'm saying like i wanted to be produced instead of me trying to do uh uh both you know what i'm saying i wanted to concentrate on the writing and let someone right. else just focus on picking the backdrops for me and, okay you know show did that
1: Show did that He picked a
3: beautiful selection but the the, right but the natural uh the natural connection is always going to be buck.
2: buck, right yeah can I, can I say it's interesting yeah. that, that that question will come up because um, last night my wife and I we were watching um, Tamar Braxton show and she was working with a producer and the producer was like okay what do you what do you have for me like what have you been writing and she was like I didn't I didn't write anything and the guy was saying to her almost like all right so what you know what are you feeling what mood are you in right now and her response to the producer was like well what do you want what do you think the people need to hear from me now as a producer? What do you, you know, what do you think people want to hear? And the dude said, well, honestly, I don't know. So to me, I'm thinking like, yo, when you have that relationship and you've worked with a producer, you're in the same camp, you know, and they have that ear, they know what people want to hear from you. They know what you sound good on, Mm -hmm. you know, and y'all just have that that, that natural connection. Um, What did you learn from album one to album two in terms of making music?
3: Um, time flies, so you can't talk about the same shit you talked about on first album. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Like, you know, um, you not the same person. Like, if you listen to uh, uh, somebody's catalog, like their first or second albums, for anybody, it's night and day. If you listen to them, it's night and day. Because, you know, time progresses and changes and moves on so quick like you know i used to get writer's block but then i i, I realized that is me breathing me having this conversation with y'all me knocking on this table me picking up my glasses or whatever me so many it's, t- it's just too much shit around for me not to have something to talk about
0: mm-hmm.
3: so you know writer's block is That's something you should be getting before you get a record there. Like when you coming up in the ranks and you, you know, you trying your best to be whoever you are in this game and and trying to get on. But as a professional, for me at least, I just felt like um, it's too much shit around me not to to have anything to write about. So, you know, I don't know about writer's block. I don't know about how um, I can't talk about what I've been through or what somebody else been through if we having conversations. Like it's it's a natural thing because we all human. So it should be millions of things for us to say and, 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 and even in production, man, like it's a move. You know what I'm saying? People don't understand that with producers. Like, it, you know, I've seen Show, Buck, Ness, Diamond, Eight, and moods in the studio, you know, and I just ain't bothered them because they was in a certain kind of mood and yeah. you know, and the music reflected it afterwards, you know what I'm saying? Right, And, you right. um, know, that's what I think me, not to bring those albums up again, but that's what I think me and that shit with, you know, Same Moon, Same Sun and New Dawn. And mm-hmm. getting all the truth that was going on around those albums you know leading up to what's happened today you know what i'm saying right. you know right. songs like serious like you know um niggas shooting themselves in the face is not normal behavior like that's not normal to shoot yourself in the face you yeah. know uh shit we had faces of death 30 years ago now that shit is normal on other platforms to see somebody yeah. laid out with their head bust open like that's not normal for me man that's right you know what i'm saying like so you know I, i'm real careful how i put things together and and what i say and if i'm wrong about some after fact in the album somebody you know uh sees it and they check me on it i'm cool with that it's just a learning process that's all yeah
1: that's right yo and, and speaking of rules yo you got you gotta let me know man and Raise cafe soul kitchen and lovers I love the verse you talk about on my way to work. I love that shit, son. I see that shit all the fucking time. Yo, how was it making that album? <laughs> that's a total different move. I love that fucking album, B.
3: See, that that's what I'm talking about with producers. Ray. Ray, that was Ray's idea. But um the race Cafe thing came from both of us, from me being in his crib while he was chefing up. Music in front of me, and he was like, "Yo, um, if you write a verse and you get stuck on a certain bar, just leave it." And I was like, "I, you know, cool." Like he didn't have no rules to how he was making that record, and that's why if you listen to the record, there's really no the you count the bars they off, (laughs) but it's (laughs) on. You know, um, you listen to certain stuff. It's one minute. You know, <laughs> it might be a one and a half or two minute song. The like just different, but it was it was moods. And he was like, "Yo, wherever you feel comfortable at stopping, even if you home writing, oh, just stop." And that's the support. It just like that. Let's just do a bunch of records like that, and I'll put em wow. together. And that's what he did.
1: And I encourage everybody who hasn't listened to it to man to go listen to it. I remember there's an interview, I think, y'all guys was in Poland. And ask, I don't know if they was asking you to stay the state of hip-hop, but you mentioned that hip-hop got spoiled. It got rotten, especially on the East Coast. And we kind of did something about the, the, the vibe and the flair was lost. How do you feel about the state of hip-hop today?
3: Um. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like
0: it,
3: it's in a Robin Hood stage now. It can be saved, you know what I'm saying? Like right. for the for the, the the kind of music that we 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 cut from, you know, but I'm not um
1: And and, and apart part me for I'm willing to listen me, Pardon me interrupting, brothers like yourself, Diamond, Sadat, all of y'all are still making great music, you know? Like oh, every mm-hmm. last two
3: of y'all is still making great music, dude. Yeah, I mean I can only speak for myself. I definitely know, and this ain't no cocky shit. Like I know, I ain't I ain't lost a step. Like I got, I've gotten better over the years, and that's not that's a rarity. What's up? That's right. That's a rarity yeah. to get better. You either. Get better, and you, you know, you you descend. For me, I do this shit at will. Like, you know, I, this next album I do is probably my last solo album because it's just that time, and you know, I wanna I wanna complete a cipher at fifty next year. But like, you know, I do this shit at will, man. Like, but it's 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 about that time for me to move move to the side and let other dudes do they thing you know? right.
1: Okay. And, and it seemed like the digging crew—they got a little stable. A bless, Majestic. Age. Um, there's another kid, David Bars, I think show was working with.
3: Crazy, crazy, amazing. D Flow, D Flow. You know, um, uh, homie that got got murdered, Tashane. He was a monster.
1: Oh uh, yeah, son, that hurt me when I heard about that. I think I was looking. I said, yeah, they yeah. loved him. He loves him. He probably
3: reminds He was gonna of go. Him. Yes, sir. <laughs>
0: he was gonna
3: go. Like it, it was no Can question about Taj He was gonna go. Right.
0: Can you tell yeah. us about one of your dream collaborations? Whether whether it's still hip hop or or R and B collaboration that, that, that you would like to have before you know before your uh, last album or maybe during your last album.
3: I mean. Shit, it has nothing to do with me doing my last album, but I would definitely try to catch a feature at any given moment with Mary. I think me and Mary will make some crazy shit together.
2: Mary should have been Mary should have been singing on Far From Home, but Yvette Michelle, she didn't miss a beat on it, I have to say that. When I first Far From Home, I was like, man, yo. From yours. Far from yours, far from yours. Sorry about that. Yo, I was like, yo. Oh, I ain't missing mm-hmm. a beat with this because you, you had a joint that was radio friendly but you still had lyricism in there. Yo, my favorite line is the joint about um, I gave advice to L. Ron Hubbard to write books on Dianetics.
3: <laughs> right. Slick. That was Jeez, like,
2: crazy. Like, really, you, really. Only,
3: only you would know see you would know that because we, we grew up around that time so our, our, our moms and pops had Dianetics books in the crib and yeah. L. Ron Hubbard on you know Yeah, but um yeah
2: crazy
3: yeah yo honestly i tried to get married on far from yours she cost too much there was no way my budget would have been stomped out um but actually i I got that wrong mary was just busy so the next uh thing was lauren hill but Mm. it was costly it was too costly she was gonna do it or she would have did but she was too costly and remember the Fujis had did like 14 million at that time so I knew I couldn't afford her and um, Yvette Michelle was somebody who was coming up in the ranks and you know me and Flex was cool and had a relationship you know as far as like just being straight up with each other and um, you know I still had to pay for it but I didn't have to pay like I would have had to pay for Mary or Long Hill you know what I'm saying
2: yeah. so one of the folks in the chat say do you feel pressure to water yourself down to connect with the younger listeners of hip hop
3: um nah I don't I don't I make my music for me I don't make it for no age like if you you know to me I don't I don't talk the things that younger guys talk anymore but you know, I think music being universal and hip-hop being universal, you know, if it's something that they can can get into, then it's all good, but I definitely know, you know, uh, my peers, like y'all, like myself, understand what I do. So, you know what I'm saying? I'ma always have people supporting me. That's right, and I'm one of them. (laughs) Thank you.
2: So. Why do you think that hip-hop is embraced more outside of the States? Like more people understand the hip-hop, the artistry of hip-hop abroad than people actually do in the United States now.
1: Yeah, the broad game is um, different.
3: Yeah, we was doing it real early too, and um, a lot of people wasn't going overseas. They they snubbed their nose to that shit at first. Mm-hmm. But little do they know, we was getting a whole bunch of money over there. like um we could go toe to toe with any group in across the UK across Europe you know USSR wherever like digging individually we had known this is what people don't understand like I'm like yo um I didn't want to be famous I don't want to be famous but my my work ethic my work in my and my music, Gone to me respect across the planet. Like, people be like, yo, you still making records? I'll be like, nah, I'm walking dogs, now." Like, <laughs> what kind of answers the questions is that? Like, you know, people believe if you're not on the radio or if you ain't on YouTube, right. you know, that you're not working. And it's just like, nah, it's just a different time. And it's, you know, it's the, the younger guy's time in spotlight. That's just how the music industry is, but. I don't I think Snoop can't fill a room at the drop of a dime Matter of fact, you can't even push Snoop in the room. Yeah. yeah. He could do the same shit sting and do in the stadium. Yeah. yeah. We have Master He's Ace. He's the most on. famous rapper on the planet. Yeah. We
2: when we had Master Ace on, Master Ace was talking about how um he said that he'll do shows in the States and you know if He won't really get that amount of people, but he said once he go abroad and do a show, he was like as soon as he stepped in the door to promote, be like, yo, sold out, we good to go. You know, he was like, the the merch is sold, the the fans Mm -hmm. know the records word for word. (laughs)
1: You
2: see it, you think about it, you go to other countries, everything that we grew up in the eighties embracing when you start talking about graffiti. Hip hop,
1: DJ. Break dancing. They- yeah, break dancing
3: abroad. That all the artistry and hip hop has went overseas. They love it, man. I mean, well they're doing a they drill shit. They're doing they doing a drill shit and, and stuff that, that's trendy over here o- overseas now, but it's just that overseas is just still a new market that traditional hip hop is just is always gonna be in breaks, but yeah, just to, to, to build on top of what Ace said, I mean, y'all can look up T C shows in 2018 in Europe. Shit, we standing in front of like thirty, forty thousand 40,000 people in one in one show, and we, you know, we did like a month run. You know what I'm saying? Like, we doing festivals, man. Like, n- niggas really believe that we on our ass, and I just be like, you know, it's not my business to tell you my finances, <laughs> if I want a mansion and a yacht and
2: that's
3: all this right, other shit. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I haven't worked a job since 1989,
2: man. Yeah. And doing what you love,
3: too. Exactly. I'm blessed. Like, I mean, it's ups and downs with this shit, but I wouldn't trade for the world. And you have to work, like Ace said. You know, the merch and shit set itself, man. You got to go out there and work every night. You know what I mean? And I've seen Ace, I've been on tours, I mean, you know, on, on tour stops with Ace and, and Polo and stuff like that. And, you know, see him in passing, yo, you ain't staying for the show now, nah, we we you gotta go to Istanbul. It's like, all right, cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. That's dope. Let's talk about doing the session. When the when the Crate Diggers got together and did that nice little, set of EP I did? That was dope.
3: Nah, that was a full
1: album. album, okay. okay.
3: Studio sessions, the volume one shit. Um uh everybody was in the lab for that. I think was Diamond there? I think Diamond was there, was the only one that wasn't there, but Joe was there. You know, A was you know, A lives overseas, so yeah, but yeah, he yeah, came yeah. in, you know what that I'm saying? Good. Um <laughs> And uh, yo, it, it felt like when we did the first DITC album, you know, having everybody in the studio together—that's a rare moment. And it was up in, you know, the new spot when when Show built the the new DITC studio. So you know, what I'm saying, like, we got our own home, we had our own home, and you know, um we just had fun doing it, man. Like. You know, it was a momentum though. I think off of the same moon and whatever else, you know, show puts out projects Here and all there, the yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, it was just momentum. And while Joe wasn't busy, that right. was a perfect time. And he was probably one of the ones touting for that shit. Like he was pushing for that
1: yeah, for the past maybe
3: ten to- years. Yeah, he was talking yeah. about. It. Yeah.
1: yeah. No problem, man. Love you guys,
3: man. I Thank love you. you. I, love, I love the fact. love y'all too, man. I appreciate y'all, man.
1: Anybody that's doing music from your old days, son, I love you guys are still doing Because taking nothing away from these younger guys. I love you. But <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't Listen my,
3: up.
1: it ain't my cloth, man. I just I can't wear it, yo. I can't wear I it. I feel
3: you. But this, this is how I look at it, man. Um. Contrary to us and other people saying, um, old heads and shit like that, I'm like, yo, I ain't no old head. but None of my pins are evil. Right. Um, Grandmaster Flash still alive. Cool, still alive. That? Grand Wizard Theodore still alive. Melly Mel still alive. Yo, it's that? so many guys that started this shit that's still alive. Um, and I don't, I don't look at them or call them. Oh heads that's disrespectful you know what i'm saying those is oh, my absolutely. elders man they they, they live in legends to me you know what i'm saying so, and i tell niggas all the time too yeah <laughs> i tell niggas all the time i ain't no like niggas call me a legend i'm like yo my legends is alive so that? you know um i can't even take that shit on yet until they move into the next you know the next next uh, next astro plane like they still alive i can't call myself a legend i know everybody say this shit and us legends and stuff but i never look anywhere where you hear me saying i'm a legend You'll, you won't find it yeah. but, yeah, I mean, but
2: yo you're, you're a legendary lyricist that's a fact don't,
3: don't that, that's, i take that. it i take it i just won't say it yeah
2: yeah what's your thoughts on um Streaming now versus physical sales, is streaming good for the game?
3: Oh man it's, it's It's got a lot of it, it, The streaming thing Has a lot of kinks in it You know, ain't nothing like physical Selling physical wax Like, right. ain't nothing selling like some physical CDs physical cassettes, um, you can count them and you can tally them. The streaming thing, I don't know if my statements even reflect because I look at, for example, you know, uh, other streaming sites, the Y2, you know, the, the tubes and all that. And um, I see all these millions of hits and I don't own these pages, these YouTube pages. But it got 500,000 hair, a million hair, 700,000 hair. And this is my body of work. So you talking about hundreds of songs. Right. I ain't rich off that shit. And I should be. And everybody else should be too. You know what I'm saying? If that much streaming is going on, I don't think you have to do 700 million, gazillion streams to get rich. Like, if the numbers is saying it right there on the screen like yo right. damn like this ain't even my my youtube page and this that 1.7 million off a song that came out in 1994.
2: yeah You're, you know what i think it is i think the um i think the recording industry and the labels have figured out like how to really monetize and get the money from streaming but i don't know if the artists have caught up with it yet you know, so I think it's it's probably gonna be like a backlog where at some point the artists are really gonna audit and be like, yo, wait a minute. You know, like you said, like, yo, this song been streamed a million times. Why am I getting, you know, a thousand dollars off it? There's far more, far much more money to be made off streams than I think what people are actually letting into. Or letting more to, rather.
3: Oh hell yeah. It ain't no, I think, or I believe it is. Like, yo, example, y'all remember when Correll put out that record, Happy, right? Yes, sir. So he got a fifty thousand dollar check from that shit, and that record was probably the most played song flat year. Mm-hmm. He got like, matter of fact, it was maybe fifteen thousand, not fifty. It was maybe like fifteen thousand. And yo, everywhere you turn, you heard. Uh, happy all i want you heard this shit everywhere that shit was driving me bananas. I'm like yo this dude gotta be <laughs> his stream game gotta be crazy off of this shit. But he spoke out and said, yo man, I got like fifteen thousand dollars from a stream, you know, from a uh, uh from residuals off of this shit. No comment. Yeah wow. That's crazy cause that shit is damn, that's crazy. Yeah, that shit was the biggest record of that year. It mm-hmm.
1: was. They played that shit on you know, everything.
3: You that was like the, um, what was that stupid ass dance? Oh, man, it's Spanish shit. Oh, uh, yeah, no, you're talking uh, about uh, uh, Macarena? I got it, I got it in my head.
1: Macarena.
3: It was the Macarena.
2: Macarena
3: shit, yeah. Yo. It was, that shit was like the Macarena. And <laughs> Yo, he got $15,000, man. I was like, oh, shit. And he spoke up. I you know they tried to hush him. But he was like, come on, man, like $15,000?
2: Well, here's, here's how you could tell that streaming is much more financially lucrative than what people lead on to, right? So people say Napster, you know, hurt the music industry because it hurt the physical sales. But I think what Napster right. did, people like, yo, there's a way to get money. From a digital aspect so they i think the recording industry wanted naps out because these big labels they couldn't monetize off of it they felt like you know what if there's money to be made in this we need to be the ones making the money hence all the streaming platforms now pop up you know you have these different streaming services that they sell they sell subscriptions they get ad buys they get all kind of shit. you know but yet the rate of a stream is probably you know, one stream is equivalent to probably less than a penny and some shit like that. Zero,
3: zero, 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 zero point, <laughs> zero, zero point. Half a penny point. Some crazy shit. But yo, remember what they did to DJ drama though? Remember? They ran the, the feds ran up the DJ drama shit. The RIA, banned yeah. that shit. You know, you can't do mixtapes now and sell them and stuff like that. Now, let's go back. Y'all already remember. The fucking record companies was hiring people to do these mixtapes. And then they turned around and passed the law to say you couldn't do that shit. When niggas like DJ Drama, Clue, you know, uh, uh, a DJ from down south who was was getting rich off of this shit, they didn't like that shit.
1: They was breaking new artists, man, with the
3: mixtapes, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: and they was getting rich at the same time. They was doing personal you know dj drama was doing the personal mixtapes with wheezy or with uh uh hove or with you know whatever and the yeah. riaa didn't like that shit. yeah
2: so we got a, another question can we can we get another DITC project i know you're holding i know you're holding on to something
3: um i don't know at this point okay yeah okay. I think it's it's not a rap, but I think um, everybody doing their own thing now.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? That tells me when the time is right. When the time is right. So we got another question. Yeah. How is it for artists to be business educated or maybe entertaining, taking business classes so they can understand how the revenue works?
3: That shit is very important. I wish somebody hit my coat to that that shit when I was young, man. Like a business class yo I I tell people this all the time and it's you know people look at me sideways like yo I I made a million dollars in my lifetime already like probably a few times over and people be like and then I let that sink in let them believe if I'm telling the truth or not and then I tell them well a million two three million dollars ain't a lot of money especially if you don't know what to do with this shit that's right you know, if you, if you spending more than you trying to, you know, learn how to invest, <laughs> then you broke. You know what I'm saying? A broke mentality. And people yeah. don't understand that. Exactly. And, um, you know, put it like this. I touched just, for example, I did my second album. I touched close to a quarter mil just for a publishing deal. Nice. This, is, this had nothing to do with shows. This was 1996, 97. This had nothing to do with me doing shows yet. The album wasn't done yet, you know, but I did a deal to do a publishing deal, and that's a quarter million dollars right there. But I wasn't taught how to do my taxes. I wasn't taught how to uh, uh, invest my money. You know what I'm saying? Like That money's gone as soon as you get it, man. And that's only a loan, man. It's so a loan from a bank. Music business ain't another big ass bank. Yeah. So who do you, so
2: being that, if if there isn't a class, like who do you go to? Who's the OGs, like who you talk to that te- that show you the way to actually, you know, make sure your money has some longevity?
3: Um. See, that's where being young has is, is, is pros and cons, because as y'all know, we was all their age 20s, 30s, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's up to you as a grown man to take it on as your own initiative to seek that advice yourself. Especially if you don't have it around you. You have to discipline yourself to ask questions. It's another thing as black men that we don't do is ask questions. It's just like us not going to the doctor. It's us like... Uh, um, buying a car before we buy a house. I done made that mistake time and time again. You know what I'm saying? Um, spending more money than I can take out every night, and then um, basically, you know, I'm overdrawn and I'm getting charged. Like just little simple shit like that. I was doing little dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And want- it taught me at 49 to, to be diligent about my business now. Cause I still have a chance.
2: I want to go back for a second because I know we mentioned like the Grandmaster Caz, the uh, Melly Mel's, the Cool hurt and things like that. And my, you know, my father-in-law is working on a hip-hop documentary, and it's going to be about breakdancing and just you know the origin of hip-hop. And I had an opportunity to sit in when he was interviewing Cool Herc. And yo, Cool Herc to me is like he's, he's a, a very you know he's a very energetic figure, and one of the things I took away from the interview, and it made me really stop and think. And I'm like, damn, like yo, when hip hop started out, I don't think anybody envisioned that there was this kind of money to be made off of hip hop. So I look back and I look at the forefathers, the dudes who pioneered and created and paved the way for everybody to eat off of, and I'm like, yo, how come they gotten it? Right. How come they haven't gotten it? They're cut. Like, where's, why, you know, why are they not getting the money that all these other people are getting that haven't contributed nearly anything to the culture, you know. Like so, we talking about we talking about reparations shit. Maybe we need to think about how we get reparations for the founders of the art, you know, because hip hop has pro- provided a platform for so many people to eat off. And truth be told, not a lot of those people are people of color.
1: And like Buster said, it's it's providing a, a, a lifestyle for people that don't even love this shit. Man.
3: Yeah, exactly. And um. I mean, I, I think Swiss Beats brought that, that, that topic up they mm-hmm. maybe a few months ago. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying about, I don't think they, um, they, we should give them anything. I think they're old, you know what I'm saying, you know, let me say that again. I don't think we should give them anything. I think they're old, Right. they're old, that gratitude, that, I mean, shit. What would have happened had somebody like Cool Herc not make to America from the Caribbean? Right. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it 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 takes one key component to throw a kink in the whole engine, you know what I'm saying? And I mean I'm not saying he he's the key component, but any of those guys from the inception of that whole hip hop thing when it started, if one of them had not uh, uh, crossed paths or been in one another's presence somehow, or been across town from each other, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. So yeah, they old. They old. What's theirs? Like, this shit is theirs. It's ours. It's theirs, though. Like, you know, and and I told somebody this the other day, man. I said, um, yo, this shit only turned 47, man, in the music business. Hip-hop turned 47. It's young in the music business. But it's, it's a lot older before it be, became something in the music business because they didn't believe in it at first. It was already there, you know. Blondie brought it downtown, you mm-hmm. know. Um, few people, few crackers, well, brought it downtown. That's right. Studio 54. You know what I'm saying? That's it. that's it. Yeah, but but I think I believe Blondie brought it down to uh CBGBs. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, this is way back when. This is, I think, with with, wow style and all that. Like some of those scenes and shit like, like that. You know, um, she was coming uptown, but she was going back downtown talking about this shit. But she wasn't the only one. You right. know what I'm saying? Malcolm McLaren had a big record, but I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize he was a white boy from the UK.
2: Yeah, I, I just you know I Buffalo think
3: gals and all that shit. Come on, man. outside. On,
2: yeah. They have to get people their flowers, but they can't pay their bills with just getting the flowers. You got um, William Williamson said, Peace, OC, are you still going to release the Blood Moon LP?
3: Um, That's a little, I, I don't know, man. That, that for me, that, it probably come off a little insensitive, releasing Blood Moon with what's going on. So I'm going to just go for a whole nother spectrum, another type. Wow. You know, I don't, I don't want people to have that, you know, uh, uh, perception of a blood moon with all the shit that's happening, like, you know, even though it means something different for me, but, you know, we got to be sensitive to one another when it with, with certain things, because, you <laughs> know, we going through it. We all going through it.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you again. all going through it, bro. God bless you, champ. It's good to see you look healthy. You look good, brother. Yeah, Zane. Thank you, man. Got, I Zane left got... New
3: York, man. Like, I'm out of yeah. this, so. That's
1: big, man. I left New York in 2000 for seven. I lived in Maryland for 17 years. Yeah. I think it was the best right. thing I did in my life, yo. So if, you, no if you're wait. On Sharon, yeah.
2: where are you located at now, brother?
3: I'm in the south somewhere.
2: OK. Right. Enough. good living, that's good living. That's good Mm -hmm. living. Man, how does an artist thrive post-COVID now, now
3: that shows are shut down? Uh, Man, let me be careful about what I say about this story. (laughs) Um, Being that most people are home right now, um, This is probably the most money a lot of artists have. uh, Well, a a lot of this is the most money I definitely made just being home sitting on my ass. Like the you know the royalties and stuff like that are bigger because everybody is home, right? You know, so everybody's streaming, everybody's buying stuff online, right? And I can't complain for the moment, but um. You know, like I said, I, I I have to be sensitive with people, man. Especially our people in general, like, not to talk about shit like that because I'm not, I'm definitely not starving. But, you know, I'm seeing a lot of shit going on and, you know, people are starving. People are getting evicted, man. You know, the eviction thing is about to get way crazy. People don't even understand that shit. So, you know, um, somebody basically helped me out, man. Like, at a time when I needed, so I definitely got to make sure, you know, not to talk about shit like that. Like I'll just make my my presence felt with them and try to help out the best way somebody helped me out. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Tell us about how you got on the uh Back to the Grill remix.
3: Oh, I was, I was signed. You know, me me and Nas was signing like production company so um I mean at that time yo to be honest nobody's checking for me and Nas at first you know search took us you know he was shopping out deals uh, demos and Russell said me and Nas sound like knockoffs of G-Rap and Kane and Rakim wow and um what? you know the only, th- the only one I really felt like if they could have made something happen, was Clark Kent? Clark Kent was probably the ear to the streets back then, and for everybody. Like, you know, people don't have a a a, a, a clue like what kind of um involvement he had in the Jay Biggie co- connection. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's been mentioned, but you know he's he's connected to a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? And and and. You know, for me, it's just like whatever, man. Like it is what it is.
2: So, give us give us your top five MCs and why. Who you got in your top five?
3: Um, I'm gonna say LL. Ah, no, 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 in no kind of order either.
2: That's
3: right. So it's LL, Slick Rick, G Rap, uh, KRS Rock, Kim. There you go. And um, I want to add, which is for a plus, Chuck D for the conscious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chuck kept us wise, man. Yeah. At a young young age, he kept us wise, man. Yeah.
3: What was it like? But. Slick Rick was my dude. Like he told storytelling, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just about to say that because uh, one of the one of the the, the the dopest stories ever told was when you did uh, Born to Live.
2: Yeah.
0: That was a right, very right. very vivid. Yeah. The art well, that was a true talk-
3: story. Like. Yeah. Yeah, but. You know, I, I mean, we grew up on Slick Rick, man. Like, to me, um, if you listen to Great Adventures, in, which came out in 1988, that Nine. shit don't sound like it came out in 1988. <laughs> right. That should sound like it came out now. Yeah. Like he was ahead of his time. To me, just for me, he, somebody who innovated shit, was Rick and rock Kim. Like. I think if it wasn't for Rick, I think if it wasn't for Rakim, me, Mike Geronimo, Nas, Flush, the list goes on, wouldn't exist. Yeah. But then you had that curveball that nobody seen coming Rick was different from all of them, even though all all the artists were different from each other. But Rick was just something a little different.
1: I'm telling you, if I had a choice
3: to be anyone, then it would have been him.
1: It was that Caribbean cadence, man. He had that cadence and that rhythm and that bounce. And you just sing us you sing exactly. along with him. On Elisa well, that's exactly.
3: it. <laughs> yeah. It was dope. Exactly. The voices, the everything I mean, he did, his 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 imagination, like yo, I mean, um the Bull is back. If you listen to a record like that it sounds like what it is. It sounds like some motherfucker sitting on a king's throne and he's rapping and he's telling really? the story. Like, that's what I get from it as soon as it comes on with the horns, it sounds like, you know, and he from what I, I I was told, he used to do shows like that. He used to have the long king robe that went, you know, uh 10 feet behind him and stuff like that. So, you know, dude is just, he was just ahead of his time.
0: Young, very 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 that my, my wife got this from me as a gift. It's a ah, uh, that's a great gift right there,
2: man. The whole breakdown. Yeah. Wow,
1: like he the, got yeah. a
0: story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You
3: know, that's Dope. That's dope. That's dope so. So, yeah. We grew up. We grew yeah, up. In the that Bronx. dude. He taught me. How, he taught me how to dress, man. Son. He, he Yo, taught God. me shit. how to
2: dress. Straight up. God so what's next for OC
3: um yo I'm just getting back in shape you know like I said I moved I, I need I got a new perspective okay even though we, we in turbulent times I'm back and I'm getting back in shape and like I said I'm prepping for this this last solo album you know um, and I'm gonna make my state. I'm gonna make my, my. I'm gonna make my statement with this last album, man. Cause I think I'm not even chasing that anymore. But I still feel like people don't uh, credit me as being just um, an above him, uh, uh, an above norm MC, as opposed to just somebody who make records. I, I tell people all the time, yo, I'm still getting love. 23 years 20 almost 25 years later that's, that's not right. something i i can ask for like you know what i'm saying like that's you right. know um I, I look at myself as an elite artist just like rockin', just like slick rick nas jay big big kwan ghost whoever you want to call out i'm that too you know what i'm saying and i just feel like a lot of people you know equate greatness to selling the wreck records or driving around in the phantom or, and it's just like what that got to do with making mu- uh, music you know what i mean like
2: yeah
3: you know that's what um it ain't no best to me like everybody has their time yeah. yeah that's what
2: that's why i was saying earlier though that's why i think that we lost in in the states because somehow some way we got away from artistry and started looking more so at sales and people equate the sales like oh he sold two million records so he better than but it's like damn like do you re- are you really listening to the lyrics you know like somebody could have a right. hit single that could be catchy and they could be out of here they could sell five million copies that doesn't right. mean you're a great artist right. that just, uh, right. A right. Record. you just yeah. had a catchy
3: record yeah when you yeah
2: true
1: artists man true artists can paint the picture and a lot of audiences see in his mind where he's gone. Just like you said, Slick Rick. When you when you hear Slick Rick rhyme, you right on board. You right on cadence with him and he's taking you somewhere. It's a
3: real MC, man.
2: Right. You get people involved, man. Yep. Yeah, I'ma I'ma right. tell you and,
3: and on top of that, he you know, he produced the first shot. Like yo, he that album is the epitome of a record that you wanna make. You right. can put that shit on right now and it, it keep up with anything. That's right.
2: Well, that's right. it's funny you said that because I was just about to say, like, you know, for you to say that you feel like you still got, there's still a lot left. Like, you kind of got it out the way with the first album because Word Life, and Word Life is a classic album. Like, a hip hop purist, a person who really knows hip hop that, that's listened to Word Life would say, Yo, Word Life is a classic album. You know, so, and there's people that, that they, you know, they've sold millions and millions of copies of records, but they've never been able to actually say that I got a classic album under my belt.
3: You know, Right. So, and it, well, you know, I think you can't, you can't, you can't ask the people like I can't ask the people to give me that 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 status. Like, and and besides that, you have to be around. I mean, at least from, from how we grew up, you, y'all know what's up. Like, you had to this shit had to be on the shelf and it, it had to have shelf life for at least ten years before a motherfucker say you had a classic album and
2: replay value. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And, and replay value, did,
3: like. Only built for Cuban links sound better today than it came out, you know, uh, 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it means it, it means, you know, um something different every time I listen to it. It brings True. back memories, or it just gives me something different. Fact. So it's
2: Fat. I mean you you got
3: you got like five more minutes to, to kick with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right. Man, we're we in a pandemic, man.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about this, you know, when you on um, when you came on, and we were saying like, what's, what's three classic albums and why? And I have posed a question to the guys, and I said to them, "Don't give the standard classic albums that everybody always
3: gives." You know, yeah. here, I'm Biggie, like, Jay Z, and Nas. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Don't give those. You know, like I, I really want to know, like, what's what's the three classic albums for people? My three. That I say that to me, "Long Live the King" was a classic album. That still to this day, I still listen to "Long Live the King." I got um, right, right. Another one that I got that I think a lot of people slept on. I like "Into the Stage" back then. <laughs> First album. I Hold there. on, let's, yeah. stop right <laughs> let's
3: stop right there. That's Let's stop right there. "Into the Stage" competed with Illmatic, all day to me. That's just how I felt.
2: Yeah, that shit was a classic album.
3: And that she competed with Mob Deep, all that shit. Yes, sir. And,
2: and then, not to be biased, at first I was gonna go West. So I got actually I got two more. Another album that to me was dope that a lot of people didn't realize that I, to me is a classic album is um ross Soul on Ice. I thought that was a dope album too.
3: I knew was, you was gonna say that. I knew you was gonna say that. <laughs> what made you what? why? How you know I was gonna say that? Cause when you went when you went west, first thing you think about in the '90s as lyricism is Ras right. mm-hmm. right. Yeah. What Kent to me, just to me, where where he didn't get his uh, his flowers in music business, Kendrick Lamar picked up and took you know he's yeah, carrying that torch for him. So fun. the 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 thing that they praised Kendrick Lamar for. I always tell people, no disrespect to him, I, I, I fucks with Kend- Kendrick, but it's been done already. I've seen it done, like Razzcast did it with Solo Ice, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. He was touted as the second coming as well.
2: Brother was, yo, he was a, a, he's a hell of a lyricist. And then to go south, my sleeper that a lot of people sleep on, but I thought was a great album also, um, T.I., Trap Music, I thought it was a dope album. You're right.
1: That was alright. That was cool. T.I., I, <laughs> I went to a show in Brooklyn, and, and T.I., he surprised me, man. His set was pretty dope. He said he was alright. Well, give me your three. My three? You know I'm from the Bronx. It was all BDP, son. Um, edu- edutainment. You can't pick those because we from the BX, though. Listen, man. Edutainment was the best album ever made, in my opinion. Then right after that, BDP did the live album, and then, then Sex and Violence. Those three albums, that's 90, 91, and 92, was the best years to me and hip-hop in my end because I started to listen to lyrics clearly. Karis One would just articulate very clearly what he was saying, so now I'm listening to rappers, rappers. I'm like, he got something to say. If they got nothing to say, I ain't paying attention, man. There you go, criminal minded, man. We got two people in the chat that's saying Bismarck going off. That was all right, but that was just a song. No, the whole, the, the whole Bismarck album. Song. We're um, the are right. The album has some joints on there. You're right. Bismarck has some
3: shit. And I believe Kane wrote all of that. So that was technically a Kane record.
0: <laughs>
2: what about you, Zane?
0: What you got? Well, uh, one of them was Black Moon into the stage. The other one was uh, AZ's first album, Do or Die. And... Um, It's so many for the third. I never, I never really had a third. I never really had a third, but those were the two that stuck out to me.
2: All right. Oh, what you got?
0: Um, I'm gonna go with "Untouchables"
3: by Scarface. Okay. Okay. Great Adventures, of Slick Rick. Oh. And it takes a nation and means to hold us back. Probably getting yeah. it.
2: All right, there you go. Yo, I got that poke on the other wall, too, in my house. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know.
3: Well, Yo, C- the D- Public Enemy album taught dudes how to make music, man.
0: Mm-hmm. That yeah. was heavy. Yeah, that was heavy. That yeah. was heavy.
2: Yeah,
0: man.
2: You're right. Mm-hmm. We ain't on it, but also you had the honor of being on the Cookland um, the Dodgers track, too. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And um you know, Chubb Rock bust me and J ru ass that night. I never forget that shit. <laughs> wow. He came in, he did his thing in like 10 minutes. And um me and Rue looked at each other. And we was like, yo, we coming back tomorrow. frame was like, yo, we gotta get this shit done, man. Y'all can't bullshit. Like Chubb came in literally did his verse. We good? We good? We good? Like, yeah. And broke out. He was like, oh, shit. Just like Like, that. That's crazy. Just like that. (laughs) Bam. Just like that. And me me and Rue laughed and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all need a show about that type of shit. Like, it's lyricists that go under the radar that's, you know, that's superior to a lot of motherfuckers who sold records. Mm-hmm. but just say sell records like that we we actually did talk about Chub that at is one of them.
2: yeah we actually did talk about that at one point because I, I i agree with you, what you were saying earlier like to me one of the most underrated mcs also is g rap like i think without g rap you know you have probably no big pun you have um you know you hear the influence that nas nas influenced by g rap there's a lot of people that keep going around with it and g rap don't get the credit for it
3: Sure. Yes, right, but I told I people he, too, he, like. He um, oh, yeah.
0: Everybody's trying to say like, um.
3: But Emma tell you though, Emma tell you who he fuck with and who he love and who he bit and we all uh borrow and and bit in our own way just to uh come up with our style. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, um, G Rap. People always talk about gangster. His shit was, I was like, yo, his first record was called This A Demo. Wasn't no mm-hmm. gangster rap shit. That shit was purely lyrics. Oh, People in the streamer. audience, Cool G Rap is my name, my right rhymes, and insert them Inside Your Brain. Like, he was, this was 90, 90, 89? 89,
1: 88, yeah.
3: Went um, on 88. Yeah.
1: 88.
3: On, you know, serious. I'm flying all of that. Like yeah. yo, this dude, he wasn't talking that gangster shit. He was spitting, spitting like no gangster talk. That came after the second, after the first album. Yeah, yeah.
2: truly yours, road to the riches, and yeah, was yeah, that
3: was the second album though. Yeah,
2: you know, you know who I hear um, that to me. I think you influenced. I don't know if you ever heard this before, but most deaf to me. Like
3: I hear a little bit of most. Most stuff
2: like, Yeah, most death I hear
3: that too, yeah. I would agree. I never heard that in my life.
2: Yeah.
3: I would agree. I never heard that. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. heard that. I mean, Just I, I, that's dope, but I never heard that. Or, I mean, um I don't know, maybe because we both from Brooklyn. And some niggas in Queens get mad because I say I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn and I'm from Queens, man. Come on, I'm from New York. And you fuck
1: with the Bronx? You see that? He's a New Yorker, yo. And my, my
3: New and my whole crew is Bronx uptown. My whole crew is uptown niggas. About yeah. <laughs> that, That's it,
1: yo. Yeah, there's one MC that I like coming up. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he reminds me so much of you. His name is Nick Grant young guy yeah. yeah
3: yeah he's a he's a problem
1: yes sir mm-hmm. his rhyme style his cadence his subject yeah. matter everything is right on time yo
3: yeah 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 and he smooth as fuck. like I, I shouted him out one day because i said uh two guys that i that i you know i've been watching and this was maybe a few years ago was Nick Grant and R.J. Payne, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, sir. I think they was just the, the next, the, the second comers to me, personally. Yes, like, when you talk some hip hop shit, like I think Nick, I think Nick come from that cloth. For me, Nas, A.Z., yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mike Geronimo, he yeah. comes from that cloth, that Jay Z cloth. Like, and and he's he's a smooth dude. I, I fucks with him. Yes, sir. A nice cap, man. Nice cap. Well, mm-hmm.
2: well I want to thank you again, man, for for agreeing to come on and do this. I appreciate it. Yo, when you when you finish up that new album, you got to come back on and talk to us about it. You know, <laughs> man. I, I love it, bro.
3: Definitely. I, I'm gonna start just yo me. And, I'm gonna start just leaking, uh, uh, putting records out, just throwing records out because I recorded maybe maybe a hundred records, close to a hundred records when I did um, New Dawn and, and Same Moon, Same Sun. So a lot of shit is just in the back burner. You know what I'm saying? I'm, right. I ain't holding on now. Nah. I'm gonna start to let shit go, man. Like, I let him
1: go. So let you know him what I'm fly. saying?
3: Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before this fucking planet blow up or something, I'm gonna just let these shit go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God bless you, bro. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy.
3: Bless y'all too, man.
1: appreciate you, man. I appreciate
3: it. I appreciate y'all, man. Just give me the word. I'm back on. You know what I'm saying? Like I fucks with y'all. We
2: hold
3: you to that, man. No doubt. We 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 got nothing but a little time on our hands now, so let's go. Let's do it, right?
2: Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
3: No doubt, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Let's chop it up again soon. All right.
2: Yo, so there you have it. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. You know, tonight, next Friday on our live, we got Cuban Link is gonna be joining us. Pre recorded <laughs> interview also that we did with Ali Vegas, another extraordinary MC that we're gonna be we're gonna be um premiering it on Wednesday.